Welcome to the Energy Policy Podcast. This is a production of the Center for the New Energy Economy at Colorado State University. I'm your host, Tom Plant. And I'm your co-host, Jeff Ling. And uh, for this first policy podcast of 2015, we're going to take a look actually backwards for uh, for maybe a week look or two. Back. Look back. And uh, look back specifically to November. Uh, it was right. a pretty transformational election in November, and that's going to be reflected in this year's uh, legislative sessions and all the bills that we're going to be hearing about, the debates, uh, and uh, what people can see at aeltracker.org. That's the center's legislative tracker where people can go and see legislation that's been introduced in the energy sector uh, around the country. Um, but uh, November was a pretty transformational uh, election. We saw, uh, just taking a quick look at what happened in the state legislatures, uh, Republicans took the majority in 11 different legislative chambers that were previously held by Democrats around the country. So that includes Colorado, Maine, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, New Mexico, Washington, and West Virginia. Uh, in terms of governors, uh, there were four Democratic seats that switched to Republican uh, seats in Arkansas, Illinois, Maryland, and Massachusetts, and then one Republican seat in Pennsylvania that switched to Democrats, uh, with uh, Tom Wolf winning the governorship in, in Pennsylvania. So if you look at the, the bottom line, in the legislatures, there are 30 uh, legislatures that are entirely controlled by Republicans, 11 that are entirely controlled by Democrats, and eight that uh, form a, a split legislature. Uh, one, one body is, is uh, uh, controlled by the Democrats, one controlled by the Republicans. So I think we can see what we're going to see this year is um, you know, some, some different uh, approaches to policymaking and maybe, maybe one that can bring both sides together. Um, we saw in terms of chambers, uh, so House and Senate chambers, there's 68 Republican chambers, 30 Democratic chambers. Uh, in terms of governors, there's 31 Republican governors, 18 Democratic, and one that is uh, independent in Alaska. There was an independent governor that was uh, elected. Um, and so uh, it appears that you know, there's a net gain of between 300 and 350 seats and control of uh, over 4,100 of the nation's 7,383 legislative seats. That's the highest number of Republican legislators since 1920. So really a change in uh, the, governing, uh, the governing bodies around the country. At this, you know, and, and I think that we could probably safely say that a lot of our advanced energy technologies, particularly renewable energy, energy efficiency, these are things that were traditionally advocated in the environmental uh, by the environmental movement, really initially going back into the 1970s, you know, mm -hmm. and that movement, of course, was sort of uh, aligned uh, primarily with the Democrats, particularly after the 1980s, and we've seen that industry now uh, evolve and grow to be a little more mainstream, where we're also seeing a lot of support uh, from Republican um, members of the advanced energy technology, certainly smart grid and, um, you know, new technologies that are developing, you know, some people talk, call it the uberization of, of energy, right? And so it's really the, the politics as well as the actual technologies are changing uh, of energy. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Tom. I think the a number of clean energy policies of uh, are, are 
energy is a bipartisan issue, right? I mean, it's not uh, anymore. Probably was the case at one point that it was clean energy was uh, associated as a democratic uh, policy movement, but that's not what we're seeing at the state level, certainly. I know we're going to talk about uh, what states proposed and what governors signed into law in terms of state legislation. Uh, a lot of bipartisan uh, activity there. Um, I think it's worth talking. So you sort of gave the snapshot of how did the uh, political landscape change in November uh, among state legislatures and governors. I think it's also worth talking about the legislative calendars. Yeah, uh, and the Absolutely. dynamic that those calendars kind of have on the volume of legislation and when we tend to see state legislation. So um, it's interesting to note that there are eight states that don't convene their legislatures for a full session uh, or have only a budget session in even years. So Arkansas, um, Louisiana, New Mexico, Wyoming, have only budget sessions in even years. So 2014, even year, had budget sessions only. Um, in terms of states that don't hold a session at all in even years, Montana, Nevada, North Dakota, and Texas uh, don't convene their legislatures uh, in those years. Now, most states tend to uh, convene their legislatures around the second week in January, and the sessions tend to really end in the May timeframe, time frame, April, May. Um, a few states have year-long sessions, uh, California, New York, um, and some states allow their legislatures to carry legislation over. So carrying it over means that the, a bill would stay active for more than one year. They could carry over to an even year. So I think the dynamic that we saw, at least looking at state legislatures, is that there's a fair amount of legislation that was introduced in 2013 that remained active, was carried over to 2014, because that, those states allow for an even year carryover. We're sort of starting fresh again, right? right? A number of states, again, have that even year carryover, meaning that legislation that's introduced in 15 could carry over to 16. And I think the data really kind of shows that uh, 13, 14 were very similar, not maybe in their legislative activity, but in terms of the types of policies. So and we'll talk about that, I think, in the next session. That's but, right. But so the center plays a dynamic. Yeah, the center has done a really great uh, overview of 2014 legislative uh, activity, and you can see that at uh, aeltracker.org under the Trends and Analysis. Uh, we'll have a link to that at policypodcast.com as well. But we're going to talk about that in the next in the next podcast, sort of what some of those trends were in, in right. energy legislation last year, and then how, uh, as we look at this changing legislative landscape, how that uh, might come back in, in the 2015 session. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the, the uh, looking back to 2014. What were the trends in energy policies? How did that compare to 2013? Um, and what maybe can we tease out any predictions of what we might see in 2015? Right. And we're going to, so we're going to do that next week. And uh, then we've also got all these, as, as Jeff mentioned, there's uh, an awful lot of legislatures that are convening their legislature at the beginning, well, second, third week of January. Mm -hmm. um, so as we go through January, we're going to be looking at what gets introduced. You know, there's usually a big dump of bills that happens uh, in January, and that can give us a view into what some of these trends we might see for the coming year might be. And sure. so January, we're going to be looking uh, a little more at what we're seeing introduced and maybe pick out a few of those, um, those really interesting bills that we might see from around the country. 
But for now, uh, we're going to sign off on the Energy Policy Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Tom Plant. I'm your co-host, Jeff Ling. Thanks for listening.